right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is going to be episode number 65. The podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Truck Bed Covers. Uh, absolutely the greatest truck bed cover known to man. Uh, if you are carrying expensive stuff, if you don't want things getting wet, if you don't want things stolen out of the back of your truck, and you want to be able to use that bed cover to haul up to 1,600 pounds, a four-wheeler, a ranger, a pallet of corn, whatever you want, uh, the only truck bed cover that can do that is the Diamondback truck bed cover. Made in America, made right there in Pennsylvania by some awesome people. Um, they've been good to me over the years, and uh, I think if you're looking for a bed cover, spend a little extra money and get the best one out there. So on this episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about pre-production. But before we talk about pre-production, I want to talk about some of the changes that are happening at Copeland Creative and Redneck Tech Podcast. So for some of you loyal followers out there, you already know, but um, we are going to be moving into an office here in Dahlonega, Georgia in... Uh, Hopefully a week or two. I'm still waiting for it to close. There's been some issues with the survey or something along the lines of the survey that hadn't been filed with the city. So essentially I'm waiting on some city worker to file the survey. And then along with that, virtually at the same time we're going to be moving into our office, a uh, guest on the podcast that you've heard before, Mr. Ryer Porter, will be moving to Georgia to start working full-time with me. And I uh, couldn't be more excited about it, couldn't be more pumped about it. Um, this is a move I've need to make for I've needed to make for going on a year now. I've been trying to figure out the best way to do this to, you know, um, get the working capital to be able to do that to have the workload that I need help with, and I've had that workload for a long time now. But I've just been busting my hump trying to uh, make sure uh, my refrigerator cut on. Hold on, let me cut this off. Sorry about that. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to get this done for a while now, and I think the time, the best time for it is now. Um, the reason being, I have the uh, I say this every year, but it's true every year. I've got the craziest fall I've ever had coming up, and uh, I essentially have. A client base that I'm overlapping with a lot of things and you can't overlap when you're supposed to be in you know one place and supposed to be in another place at the same time so the only way to combat that was to have another person that can do everything that I can do um Ryer is I believe to the place to where he can come in day one um shouldn't have to hold his hand he can go off with clients he can do everything I need him to do he can dump the footage he can organize the project he can shoot he can produce he can edit and uh, that's what I needed I, I I didn't have time as much as I'd like to be able to bring somebody in and groom them and, and get them where I want them good thing is Ryer's already there and I don't have to do that you know that extra work and that's going to make my life a lot easier um it's a crazy time here um extremely busy extremely blessed uh, I actually believe it or not what week or two ago um 
sprained my ankle really bad and I was afraid that I was going to have to send Ryer on a couple other trips if it was torn like I thought it was because it was really bad. Luckily it wasn't torn and I'm healing up pretty well, but I've got a bunch of a uh, bunch of projects coming and uh I need to be healthy for them, especially as busy as my fall is going to be. But um uh, for those of you that have reached out and you know told me congratulations and you know wished us well, thank you, appreciate that. Um it's going to be a busy fall. Um, the really good thing about it is we're going to be able to podcast more. Ryer and I are already talking about how we're going to incorporate video into the podcast. I don't know for 100% certain how or even if we're going to do that for all of them. We probably will for some of them. But my goal for the podcast is to be more than just me talking. So Ryer will more than likely co-host all of them. I hope, you know, that's a, that means that we have to be together, which means it will be a while before we're together. Um, because as soon as I won't even be here, I'll be on a trip when he, when he moves in. So he'll have to fend for himself for a little bit, but that's just how it worked out. But the goal is to make the podcast better, to get more informative, to get, to dive even deeper, to get more technical, to incorporate video, um, with him and I and, um, with, uh, screen captures doing, whether that's editing photos, images, uh, video, whatever the case may be, talking about codecs, talking about tricks, talking about whatever, you know, note taking how you organize folders, whatever the case may be, we're going to try and make this better because the whole point of doing this was to be informational, to make it a learning tool. And I think a lot of guys have learned a lot from the, from the feedback I get, you guys are learning stuff. So if you're not, please tell me. And if you are, uh, please tell me. And if you have something that you want to learn more about that you want us to dive deeper into, let me know. And like I've said from the beginning, we don't know everything. Uh, we're learning every day as well, but that's what we're here for. That's what we want you for is to help us learn, to help you learn. So with all that being said, say a prayer for us. It's going to be a crazy, crazy time, but uh, we're looking forward to it. All right, now with all that said, let's get into the actual podcast, pre-production. Um, pre-production is, is different for everyone. What, what is pre-production? Pre-production is all the work, all the time, all the planning that you put into a project, a shoot, a hunt, an edit before you ever shoot a you know the first second of footage before you ever pick the camera up that's pre-production that's all the legwork all the planning um the you know the thinking the you know the logistics all those little details that are going to make that shoot go so much faster than versus flying by the seat of your pants which I'm I'm pretty good at doing cuz I've done this enough but if you haven't done it enough it's really hard, and you're going to forget something. You're going to leave something out. You're going to not get a shot that you need. You're not going to get an establishing shot. You're not going to get um, an interview, a sound bite that you really would like to have, and it's really hard to replicate some of that stuff. So with that being said, this process is different for everybody. So I'm going to try and lay out how I do it um, and try and give you some scenarios and some examples that I'm working through right now at the moment. Um and and when you do this, don't don't think that my process is the end all be all. Find a process that's going to work for you. Um, the everybody's process is going to be different, um, and and those differences might be big, those differences might be small, but just find whatever 
works within your headspace the best. I know some people like really, really extensive notes. Some people just like bullet points. Some people have it all in their head. Um, but they just need to take that time to sit down and think about it first. So um, find what works for you. Uh, first first question that I ask myself when I start the pre-production process is, what is this thing? When I say, what is this thing, what is it? Is it a product video? Is it a short film? Is it a television show? Is it a real estate video? Is it a documentary? Is it a... A fun project is it what is it um so the first thing is you've got to determine what this thing is um and if it's just something a video you want to go out and shoot you've you've got i, I think you have to put it inside of some parameters it can't just be a video it's got to be everything has a purpose everything has value so you have to find what parameters it's it lives in so once you've made that decision okay what this is, the next thing is, the next question I ask myself is, who's paying for it? Okay, so let's say we're doing a product video. Well, more than likely, the sponsor is going to be paying for that. So that changes a lot of things with who's paying for this project. If you're paying for it, guess what? You can do whatever you want. If the client's paying for it, you got to do what the client wants. If the sponsor's paying for it, you got to do what the sponsor wants. If the, you know, if the the government's paying for it. You can do what the government wants. You know that that changes a lot of things. Who's paying for this thing? Um, then once you've answered that question, how much creative control do you have? And that might be a question you have to ask. If you have a a film that you're going to be doing, and it's being paid for by you know the sponsors, three or four sponsors, and you go through them with an idea, and they start asking, well, we want to make sure you do this and this and this, and get this shot and get that shot. Okay. Well, that's starting to really limit what kind of creative control that you have. So that's a big limiting factor in how far along in the pretty production process I can go. Because if this thing's already mapped out for me, I just go do what the client wants me to do. You know, I get the shots, do a good job of lighting and being, you know, doing, you know, getting solid video and following my shot list that I've been given, which happens on occasion, but very rarely. You know, I usually have pretty good creative control when I go into something just because I have experience and people trust me. But if you're going into something new or a new client or a new something, you might not be getting that creative control. You essentially might just be a button pusher. You're lining up a shot, pushing the button on to the next one. That's the next question you need to ask yourself. All right. And then the next question I'm going to ask myself is how long does this video need to be? A product video, a minute, two minutes, maybe a film, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a television show, 22 and a half, a uh, fun project, doesn't really matter. So that's the next question, all right? And I'm just going down the list of questions that I have to mentally prepare myself for. And usually these take about a half a second to answer. But these are all questions that have to be asked. The next question is, where will it live? When I say where will it live, is it going to be on YouTube? Is it going to be on Mossy Oak Go? Is it going to be on Facebook? Is it going to be on your phone to show your buddies? The next thing is... Who is the talent? All right. When I say the talent, who's going to be the on-camera personality? Is it you? And then who's shooting it? Is it your client? Is it your sponsor? Is it um, a random guy that you found in camp? Who's your talent? And then when you figure out who that talent is, you've got to figure out strengths, weaknesses, um, schedule. You got to figure out um, 
location, all that good stuff, which is the next question. Where is the chute? Um, that changes a lot of things. If you have to fly to a chute, you probably can't take as much stuff as you could if you were to drive to the chute. So that's important. Then how long is it? How long are you going to be there? Uh, a week, two weeks, a month, a day. Uh, I've got a trip that I'm leaving on for Friday that's going to be a three-day shoot in Boise, Idaho that I have to fly to. Okay, well, that, that right there narrows down a lot of my parameters in my pre-production. And then the, ne the, the another question is, how much time during the day and or night are you going to have to get the filming done? And what I mean by that is if you're doing a film, an over-the-top film, that's got to be pretty and epic, well, then the middle of the day is going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. So you've really got an hour and a half, two hours in the morning, an hour and a half, two hours in the evening to shoot. The rest of the time is getting set up for the next thing, you know, because if you're if you're worried about getting really, really pretty stuff, well, shooting in the middle of the day isn't very pretty unless you have the location and you have the right clouds and you have a light truck and you have all kinds of, you know, expensive production gear. It's going to be really hard to make the middle of the day look worth the crap. So that's another question you need to ask yourself. Some people go to a shoot for two days and worry, you know, don't factor in that it might rain. They don't factor in that it might be blowing 30 miles an hour. They don't factor in that it's going to be 20 freaking below outside. And people don't want to be outside all day shooting. And you don't want to be all day, all day shooting. you got to prepare yourself for all those things. When you're filming wild animals, when you're filming outdoors, you always need to give yourself extra time if you can. Which I'm the world's worst at not giving myself extra time as I sit here and say that. The next thing you need to ask yourself is do you have the right gear? So a lot of times that you're going to go into a location, go into a shoot where you might need to get a one or two shots that are going to be specialized. Whether that's like what I just did with Chuck where we filmed uh, bow fishing and you got to be really quiet when you're shooting big heads So and there are no lights. So I, we had to rent a little handheld camera that did um, infrared, that could see infrared light. That was the only way that I could, uh, could film him. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. That was the only way that I could film him on the boat whispering in the dark was with our light. Couldn't turn on a, you know, couldn't turn on a bat light, so we had to rent it. Um, so you got to think about that kind of thing. And uh, can I get all the gear that I want or need to the location? Do you have to do you have to fly a float plane into the location? Because I've had that happen before, where I brought all the stuff I needed, and then we got to the plane for the float plane, and they said you have to get your stuff down to fifty pounds. Well, when I have to cut my stuff down to 50 pounds, that doesn't leave a whole lot for me to take. Because that's including clothes, camera gear, everything. And my tripod's heavy, my camera's heavy, batteries are heavy. So you're automatically getting cut way down. You know, you're getting cut off at the kneecaps when you do that. So you have to think about that. And I've already talked about it, flying or driving. That always, you know, changes the dynamic of what you're doing you know whether you're flying or driving all right so we've answered those questions um and let me just run back through them if you weren't taking notes if you want to hear them again first thing first thing is what is the thing a product video documentary film what is it who's paying for it how much creative control do you have how long does it need to be where will it live who is the talent where is the shoot how long is the shoot how much time during the day or night do you have to get the filming done? Do you have the right gear? Can I get all the gear I need to the location? And are we flying or driving? It seems like a lot of unimportant questions, but you really start diving into what the, once you answer those questions, once you get into the shooting process, 
And those questions and those answers change a lot of things. And that, that simply right there, answering those questions, is going to help you plan right there because you know everything. And when you don't know the answer to that, you need to call whoever the pertinent person is and figure out the answer to that question. All right. So once you've answered those basic logistical questions, then you got to start working on the actual pre-shoot stuff. So we've answered all those questions. Now, what story are we telling? If it's just a product video, then we're telling the story about the product. You know, what is this product? What does it do? Why is it better than something else? If it's a film, there's got to be an underlying question. There's got to be an underlying theme. Um, and once you know that theme, now you can start to wrap the shoot around it. You've got the logistics lined out. Now we can we can plan on how we're shooting the thing. And then how can we make that story, whether that's about a product, whether that's about a film, whether that's about a documentary, whether that's about a TV show, how can we make that story better, brighter, or darker, or grittier? How can we make it even better? Because everybody knows, <laughs> this is one of the, what is the, what's the saying? Don't ever ruin a good story with the truth. So essentially, what I mean by that is, if you've ever watched any television, whether it's outdoor hunt, hunting, whether it's a, a reality show, whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is, you've been lied to. And it might be a little white lie of making something, you know, a little more grand, you know, grand than it is, or a really big lie to make the story better, the situation better, the hunter look better, the outfitter look better. Trust me, it happens daily on virtually every hunting show out there. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But when I mean how can I make the story better, that's what I mean. Now, if you want to just go straight primos and show exactly how it happens, that's fine. Um, that's only going to work if you have really relatable people, awesome ground to hunt, and you're killing a bunch of stuff. Um most of the time, you're going to have to find ways to make it grittier. You're going to have to make it seem grander than it is. You're going to have to make it prettier. You're going to have to really put in extra work. And how do you do that? Well, that all comes with locations, supporting footage, uh, scenics, all those things. That's how you make things grander. Um, you've got to take the time to, to get those shots. And... Uh, that, but you've got to think about that beforehand. You can't just show up and say, oh, well, let's get a shot of this. I always go into a shoot knowing how many night lapses I want to get. I go into a shoot knowing what drone shots I want to get. And then everything else I get on top of that is bonus. Um, I'm, I, you know, it happens all the time where I have a, a situation, a shot, a location come up to where uh, I'm like, wow, that's pretty. Or that's really cool. We have to fly that or we have to time lapse that or I have to you know, get high speed shots of that. That's going to happen. That's that's how you adapt when you're on a shoot. But generally going into it, I know those shots that I want to get. I want to get a pretty mountain night lapse. I want to get a really cool drone shot flying through that canyon. You know, all those type things I know I want before I get there. Establishing drone shots, you know, transitions with my night lapses and day lapses. All those things are already planned before I get there. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, we're going to go do a film for Badlands. We're planning on it. We're going to try our best. Um, it's going to be in Idaho for an elk hunt. So I'm going to kind of go over my process. 
So the date, we're going to be there September the 14th through the 21st or 2nd, I think, is when we're going to be there. Um, it's going to be Jamie and I. We're going to be elk hunting. So I'm answering all my questions. Um, I'm driving. Jamie's flying. So I'm going to carry all the gear. He's going to fly in. Um, it's going to be Jamie and I hosting, and Ryer's going to be shooting. Uh, the story is um, essentially how guys from the south got to Idaho and the process of finding places to hunt and uh, how we really don't know what we're doing, but we're going to enjoy it. Um, I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to elk hunting. And we're just going to play off of uh, two buddies elk hunting and chasing elk. And as far as the story goes, that's about all we've developed. You know, the, the, we've got some funny things planned that we wanted, that we think we're thinking about doing because we're not doing a serious film. Um, we want it to be fun and, you know, different. And uh, I, I don't want to give away too much. I should, probably should have used this as an example. Um, and I also don't want to play it up in case it sucks and we don't kill anything because that's very possible too. Um, and then the budget, <laughs> we really don't have a budget. Um, we really, whatever me and Jamie can afford at the time, <laughs> it's how many of my clients have paid their bills at the time. I don't know The the budget is going to be low. Let's just say that, um, we're driving there. We've already bought our tags. We bought those in March, I think. Um, so, you know, and the, and the budget for it and in the story we're telling is we want to keep the budget low because we want to show guys that anybody can do this. Um, so once I, once I've answered those questions, I want to create a wish, wish list of shots. Obviously I want to kill an elk on camera with a bow. That's, that's number one. You know, that's the, you know, the coupe de gras, that's the, you know, creme de la creme, but that's also going to be the hardest one. I, I've got some really cool shots planned of, uh, elevation how we can really show elevation hiking up and down that I don't think's ever been done very well. Um, obviously, I have a shot list of drone. Obviously, I have a shot list of packouts. Obviously, I have a shot list of um, how we got from one place to another, transitioning from day to day. I'm writing all this stuff down. I have notes of what I want for those shots. And then um, my planning is based around creative things uh, that I want to show and then really I trust myself and my talent to carry that dialogue and content. Um, and what I mean by that is with my experience, and, and if you don't have the experience that I have, then you've got to do a lot more pre-production. You've got to do a lot more planning. Um, I, I don't really write down things that I want said or sound bites that I want or conversations that I want to produce with the camera. Generally, I let those things happen and then I build the story as, as I go. So a lot of times when I'm filming, I'll hear a conversation happen when I'm not filming. Most of the time it's when I'm not filming. I'll hear a conversation happen or a soundbite happen or a question asked by the talent to the other talent. You Generally there's two. Sometimes it's just Chuck by himself. And, well, I guess it's most of the time it's people by themselves. And um, Or if I don't hear something, I'll see something to where... Um, a lot of times with Dudley, I would see something he would do essentially strategically or tactically when he was hunting, and I would get him to tell the camera, okay, what did you just do? Well, I just, you know, I just ranged that tree because I think the elk's going to walk by that tree, or I just did this. But if I don't see that, and I don't ask that question and get that dialogue, it's really hard to build stories. So 
for you, for the guy that's listening that doesn't have the experience that I have, you've got to not only pay attention to everything and listen to everything and be able to um, steer those conversations and get people to start over. A lot of times when I hear something that I want, I tell them to shut up. I'm like, shut up, stop, I want to get I want to get this. I'll pick up the camera, I'll tell them to start over. The first part of it might be a little staged, but once they get into the meat of it, that's what I want. And then if they stumble, if they don't give the answers that exactly that I like, I'll produce them and guide them into, hey, talk about this. Here, this is what I want you to say. And 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 what you've got to remember when you're producing dialogue is it's just like the simple things that I've talked about before. Dialogue has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Think about sentence structure. The beginning of the sentence, the middle of the sentence, the end of the sentence. So when you're producing a conversation, there's got to be a beginning of the conversation, the question being asked, the middle of the conversation, the discussion, and then the end of the conversation where the question's answered and we know the conversation's over. So what I have to do with the camera is I have to get those three things. I have to get the question being answered. Hey man, what are we doing today? There's the beginning. The conversation progresses. We know we're going to go up this canyon. We're going to, you know, we're going to start, you know, we're going to bugle at the top of the ridge. We're going to see if anything answers. If anything does, we're going to go down in there. Well, what do you think? You know, you think the thermals are going to be working for us? Well, I don't know, man. And then you get the conversation. And then if you don't ever get an end, then I've got to say, okay, guys, I need one of you to end the conversation. All right. And then you get one of them say, are you ready? Yep. Let's go. Boom. There's the period. I got the beginning, the middle, and the end. And now when I get back to editing, I've got a long, you know, two or three minute conversation about what are we doing today? Well, I can cut out everything in the middle that I don't care about, all the stuff in the middle that is rambling, all the stuff in the middle that's redundant. I've got my beginning, I can cut out what I don't need in the middle, and I've got my end. Now I can make the conversation whatever I want it to be. That's production. That's producing in the field. That's what no one does, I don't feel like. You've got to punctuate everything. You've got to have a a defined beginning, a defined middle, and a defined end. The middle is what you play around with. As long as you've got the beginning and the end, you know, bookended, the middle is what you can edit as long as you have B-roll to support your edits. If you have a bunch of talking about walking up and down canyons and messing with thermals, if I show some shots of wind, I show some B-roll shots of walking up and down, I show, you know, I show a drone shot of flying through the mountains showing those ridges, I can cut out anything I need to in the middle by using that B-roll. I really hope that makes sense because that's extremely important. It's also one of the absolute basics of producing dialogue. And producing dialogue is what I feel like is the hardest for most people. Um, and, and I can't stress enough how simple it is by just getting a beginning, a middle, and an end and being able to def- definitely look at, a, you know, look at footage or look at a you know, conversation and say, that's the, that's the definite beginning of that conversation or question. Here's the middle section. And then here's the end, the punctuation mark where people walk off. Or people go to the next thing or go to the next day. you got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Super, super simple. Um, <clears throat> let's get back to the wish list of shots. Okay, so I've got my wish list of shots, my shot list, I guess you could say. And then I use my experience <clears throat> excuse me, to build around that. Um, and I let things happen. I let things organically happen. And then I see situations and I produce into those situations and those conversations. 
Um, next thing is, and this is what I kind of just talked about, is map out those conversations and situations. If you don't, if you don't, if you're going into something a little blind, um, I, I like. I've gotten to where I enjoy filming stuff that I'm not that familiar with. Um, whether that's, you know, I don't enjoy filming fishing, but um, I, I think I would make a really good for a little while if I had to. Um, I could do a really good job filming fishing because I'm not much of a fisherman. I've got a lot of questions. Why are you using that bait? Why are you casting there? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Because I don't know. I don't know the answer because uh, I don't fish. Um, and when I have questions, the viewer has questions. You have to assume, and I've said this before, you have to assume your viewer's stupid because most of the time they are. That's why you have to answer the questions, who, what, when, where, why, and whether, all the time. I can't stress that enough. So I've mapped out conversations, I've mapped out situations, and if I have a question in my head, then I need to answer that question. Why are you casting there? I ask my talent, hey, why are you casting right there? And when they answer the question, they don't just say, well, the reason... or because the fish are there, they have to answer the question with the question. The reason I'm casting there is, or the reason I'm casting right here is. So remember when you're doing questions, you have to give, when you have to have your talent answer the question with the with the answer to the question. Or they have, sorry, they have to say the question and the answer of the question, if that makes sense. That way, because like I said, your viewer's stupid. Um... Next thing I do when I'm pre- doing pre-production, and I have, I've now I've got a pretty good idea of what my story is, where it is, conversations I want, the shot, you know, the wish list of shots that I want, is I go out and I start searching for inspiration. And what I mean by that is, I have a YouTube, a Instagram, and a Facebook saved section where I see things that I like in video, whether that's shots, whether that's scenics, whether that's uh, editing styles, and I go through and I watch those almost every time before a big shoot because what I use that for is a way to be creative and a way to use my skill set and my uh, my spin on things to to use those ideas and make them my own. Um, sometimes I have ideas on my own. It's rare. I'll be honest. I find my inspiration from a lot of other much more talented people than myself. So you've got to you've got to do that. You can't just go out there and just trust yourself all the time. You've got to continually push the envelope. You've got to continually challenge yourself. You've got to continually try and do things that you've never done before. Otherwise, everything's going to look the same. And that's my goal is for things to not look the same every time. Um. Then and once you've once you've found that inspiration and you've got your shots mapped out, how do you want this thing to look or feel? You know, do you want this thing to be fast, slow? Do you want it to feel sad, happy? Do you want it to feel um, triumphant? Do you want it to feel informational? Um, how do you want it to feel? And then once you know you how you want it to feel, how do you want it to look? Does it need to be dark, bright? You know that that goes right along with how's it going to feel. Um, so those are, you know, those are questions you have to answer. And essentially, I'm trying to do this in order to where once you start mapping this thing out, you start answering these questions, you're going to have a really good idea of what you're going to do. Um, make a plan on what you want to show 
and don't waste time on things you don't need. And the perfect example of that is any hunting show you've ever watched where they're filming people eating dinner or going to eat in between hunts. Why would, why would you show that? Nobody wants to watch people eat. Don't waste your time on crap like that. And if your host wants it or your, or your client wants it, we'll film it. But, you know, I wouldn't use it. You know, if there's something that you're filming behind the camera that you know you're not going to use, why are you wasting your time filming it? Unless, you know, you're just trying to make a client happy. I make sure I focus my time around my plan, my, you know, my pre-production plan. Because you don't have a whole lot of time when you're out there. So make sure you're focusing in on the things that you need to be doing. So the film plan. Here we go. So now we're going to dive even deeper. The film is going to be about two southern guys doing a do-it-yourself elk hunt in Idaho on a budget. We're driving out there. We need to know how long, how long and hard the drive is. So we want to show that. We want to show how hard the drive is. Um, show how we're saving money. So we've got to show that. We've got to you know visually show that through the camera um we're bow hunting in september we're going to sleep in tents we're bringing generators and we're going to show you not tell you we're going to show the tent we're going to show the generator we're going to show the spike camp we're going to do all those things um show how hard it is to elk hunt when you're not familiar with an area so those are the things these are the you know these are the situations that i want to highlight um let the hunt play out produce the ups and downs that's literally my my, my notes right here um, three night lapses, two day lapses, uh, shallow shots, shallow shots in the dark, getting ready, um, using headlamps for cool lighting, maybe shoot long exposure laps of the morning and the night prep, hopefully kill an elk, be ready to capture emotion. Don't kill an elk, be ready to capture emotion. That's the absolute bullet points of the, the plan. And then I just build the story within that, those parameters. That seems super simple. Um, but it, but a lot of, you know, thought went into that. Um, uh, and I'm trying to not oversimplify it, but if you can go through what I just, you know, when I just laid out and answer those questions, you're going to have a really good idea of what you're doing. Um, and I want you to not over or understate anything and make sure you answer all the questions. Because if you don't, if you don't, that's when you're going to miss something. That's when you're going to say, why didn't I get that shot? Why didn't I get this shot? And, you know, don't, and don't forget establishing shots. Don't forget those transitions. Those are the most important. I hope this wasn't too scattered. Uh, I tried to go by my notes. But um, pre-production is something that I've gotten better and better at. And I think it can't be overstated how important it is, especially on big shoots. I've got a lot of pre-production to do. Um... And generally how I do pre-production is I do it through the Notes app that Apple has because it syncs through all my computers and my phone. That way I always have it. Um, and I just kind of do um, like notes or uh, outline style. You know, I've got numbers, then an A and a B and I and I, you know, two I's. You know, how it how it tears out to where I've got notes under notes. That's how I do it. Um, everybody's different. Some people might like to draw pictures. Some people might like to have actual uh, storyboards where they have drawings, you know, that depict what they're wanting to do. Um, now, that's getting really serious about it. I've never really done much of that, but um, you can. Um, and sometimes you need to do this because your client needs an explanation of what you're planning to do and where their money's going. So just make sure you be concise. 
um, take time to do this, make time for this, and uh, I think it'll make your project that much better. Appreciate it, guys. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, please go rate and review on iTunes. I appreciate the ones that we've gotten. Uh, sorry it took so long for this podcast. I have been running 90 to nothing, and uh, I'm not even going to promise when the next one's going to come out. I'm going to try my very best to uh, get one out sooner than later. But I know this one took, I think it's close to a month. But uh, I'm try- I told you all I was going to try and do one every week. Well, if I do one every week, they're going to sound really bad because I'm going to have to do them out of the truck when I'm driving or in the airport or something because that's where I'm going to be for the next two and a half months. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to me uh, at Redneck Tech Podcast on Instagram, Podcast at gmail.com. Um, Facebook, it's Redneck Tech Podcast. You know, we're pretty easy to find. If you have questions, concerns, you like it, love it, hate it, whatever, let me know. Thanks, guys. Peace. Oh, shit.